morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Tuesday, so we have some news to break down. And since we have finally finished up the divisional week going into conference championship week, there is some coaching changes running amok around the league. So that is mostly what we're going to talk about today, along with some other huge stories from around the NFL. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome in, everyone. Good morning to you, Jamie. Good morning to everyone on Instagram, on Facebook, in the YouTube chat. Great to see you all this morning. We're going to start things off with the title of the show. The Tennessee Titans have brought in a brand new head coach. His name is Brian Callahan. If that name is familiar to you, well, that is because he is the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, or at least was, and is now becoming the head coach of the Titans. What has he done in the past to warrant this head coaching position? Well, he has been a, a coordinator, or a quarterbacks coach, an offensive person uh, with some great quarterbacks. He really, really has. He's worked with Peyton Manning. He's worked with Matthew Stafford. He's worked with Derek Carr. And of course, in his time in Cincinnati, has worked with Joe Burrow. And then you might be asking yourself, well, I mean, if he's worked with all these great quarterbacks before, why hasn't he really had an opportunity? And well, it's because he's worked with all these great quarterbacks. And a lot of times these coordinators, these coaches that work with great quarterbacks aren't given a true opportunity to take that next step because so many organizations believe, well, you know, Paid Manning made him good. Matthew Stafford made him good. Derek Carr made him good. Joe Burrow made him good, but at some point you have to sit back and ask yourself the question, maybe this guy's a good football coach. No, of course, Matthew Stafford, Peyton Manning, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, they'd be good without him, but I mean, he's also probably putting them in great positions to succeed, and what has finally given him the chance to be a head coach at the NFL level is the fact that Joe Burrow got injured this season, and they had to rely on Jake Browning, and what did Jake Browning do? Jake Browning was a good quarterback. Jake Browning played really well. And in fact, Jake Browning had a couple games this season better than Joe Burrow's games this season. So that does tend to suggest that maybe this offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, is doing something worthwhile. And so I think this is a solid hire by the Tennessee Titans, especially when you take a step back and again, go through the list of quarterbacks that Brian Callahan has worked with. Peyton Manning, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Jake Browning, just to name a few. What quarterback do all of those quarterbacks remind you of? Will Levis, everyone. William Levis, the Tennessee Titans quarterback. Of course, we know that they drafted him in the second round this year. Really a first round pick, how early it was. And he has a ton of potential. He's got a cannon for an arm. And he also has some mobility, as well as being a pretty big dude at like 6'4", 230 pounds. So I think this is a fantastic hire by the Tennessee Titans. I do think that Brian Callahan will be able to work well with Will Levis, and I think we'll see a solid offense in Tennessee next season. I really, really do. Um, and so you have to then ask yourself, what are the Tennessee Titans going to do in general? Brian Callahan, of course, has to bring in these coordinators. That's what we'll see next. But we do, of course, have those questions. What are they going to do with DeAndre Hopkins? He still has one more year under contract. Are they going to keep DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, before this hire, I was thinking, no. 
But with this hire, I think, you know, they might just keep DeAndre Hopkins in that final year of his contract. I mean, they are still a competitive football team. And if they want to take a step forward with their quarterback play, you might as well give him another year of DeAndre Hopkins with how much cap space they actually have going into next season. So I think it's actually becoming more likely that DeAndre Hopkins returns to the Titans next season but still very likely that Derrick Henry is gone. I don't see any reason to keep Derrick Henry. I know, of course, the run game helps open up the pass game, but Tajay Spears will do an excellent job out of the backfield catching passes and probably still be pretty explosive as a runner. And I'm sure they can bring in a big-bodied running back from free agency. Of course, not a Derrick Henry, but, you know, someone, whether it be like a Josh Jacobs or even lesser. Uh, They'll be fine in that department. They don't need a Derrick Henry. I do think they can keep themselves some DeAndre Hopkins. And if they don't keep DeAndre Hopkins, they'll still at the very least bring in at least one more wide receiver. I would be shocked if the Tennessee Titans go into 2024 with just Traylon Burks and Chigo Conquo. So whether it be they draft a wide receiver, bring in one through free agency, bring in one through trade, or just keep DeAndre Hopkins, all of those options are certainly on the table, especially with bringing in an offensive-minded coach to be the head coach and especially one that has worked with quarterbacks that just sling it with cannons for an arm and spread it around like Peyton Manning, like Matthew Stafford, like Derek Carr, like Joe Burrow. Will Levis might just be the next man up. Now, will he reach that that level? I don't know. But I mean, the I feel like Derek Carr is a nice floor for him. Like I do think Derek Carr is well within expectations for Will Levis. I think that's a solid trajectory for him. And again, could be even better. His best comparable right now is Jay Cutler. So of course, his next Jay Cutler's best comp is actually Matthew Stafford on player profiler. So all of these guys make a lot of sense together. And like I said, Brian Callahan has worked with quarterbacks like Levis before, minus the wheels. I remember coming out of college, a lot of people were saying Will Levis has a Josh Allen type ceiling. So that could be something very interesting to see if, you know, he wants to try to unlock that. We will find out. But either way, I like this hire a lot. Not sure how he'll be as a head coach. I mean, we never know, right? I mean, it takes a lot more than just being a good football mind to be a head coach. But either way, I like the the thinking here. The thinking here is that this guy's worked with quarterbacks similar to our quarterbacks. We will bring him in to help our quarterback. And that's a personnel-driven decision for the head coaching hire. And that pretty much is always going to be a good move, no matter how you spin it. I mean, what else are you going to try to do? Bring in a guy who doesn't fit like the personnel? Uh, Maybe like the Falcons are trying to do with Bill Belichick in Atlanta? Bring in a guy who doesn't fit the personnel, even if he is a good head coach. So that's why I like the Brian Callahan hire. I think it fits the personnel that the Titans have and will signal a new beginning for this team that really does need a spark on offense. And lastly on this, the Bengals already have a plan in place to replace him. They are planning to elevate their quarterback coach, Dan Pitcher, who of course also has worked with Brian Callahan has worked with the quarterbacks in Cincinnati and is a good elevation. Uh, Dan Pitcher is meeting with other teams as a as an offensive coordinator uh, candidate, but I would probably go ahead here and say on wake and take, it is guaranteed that he will be elevated to the Bengals offensive coordinator replacing Brian Callahan. But that's what I've got for you guys on this story. Do not be surprised if Will Levis gets unlocked in 2024 and at the very least in 2025 as he gets more settled into this new system, new head coach of Brian Callahan. I see some comments here. I'll go ahead and check in. 
Uh, is it time to buy low on Traylon Burks? Would a early to mid second be a fair price? I don't think I'd give a second for Burks if I'm going to be completely honest with you, Jamie. I'm still a believer in him. I think he can turn things around. But you also have to take a step back and recognize where he is in terms of value. He has fallen so far out of grace. And the dude barely even sniffed the field in 2023. I would give a third at most for Traylon Burks going into next season. And again, I do still believe the Titans will bring in someone. So I don't necessarily think that you're buying Burks for him to become an alpha. I think he's just going to end up being a good wide receiver too at most, which isn't a bad thing. There's always a room for that but I certainly wouldn't give a second for him. I don't think the ceiling is quite there anymore. He's had a lot of injury concerns already in his short career. I don't think it's time to quite pull the trigger on Traylon Burks, and at the very least, not for a second. Uh, so, uh, And then Will Callahan bringing his dad for O-line, maybe, right? right? Uh, Coach Callahan, that name is very familiar, uh, so that would make sense. And uh, I know he's a good O-line coach from what I remember. Uh, so that could that, that would make some sense. Get a father-son coaching. I don't know if that's ever happened in NFL history. That would be fun to see. Next up we have is the Panthers. The Panthers also made a big move regarding their, their front office, their personnel decisions. And they have elevated, I guess, would be the term here, Dan Morgan to be their new general manager and president of football operations. This is another solid move. I like this one a lot. What I really like about this one is the fact that he is a Panthers organization person. So this is a guy you're bringing in because they believe in the team. And that's what you're looking for in a general manager, in a president of football operations. Yeah, of course, all general managers you bring in are going to try to do their best. But a guy who was a first round pick for the team in 2001, the guy who was a Pro Bowl linebacker for the team, the guy who was on the NFC championship team, the guy that played in the Super Bowl with them, and the guy that has been an assistant GM in Carolina. Those all check so many boxes for me that I love this hire as the new general manager, Dan Morgan, for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I mean, obviously, haven't seen him as a true general manager, and he's been an assistant GM to a guy that got fired. So this could go poorly. But like I said, I just don't think it will. I think that this guy likes the Panthers too much. Again, he's a career Panther, was also in the front office recently. I think this guy can try to turn it around. And the fact that he was a former player, I mean, it shows that he knows how to build a winning team. And he was part of a winning team that played in a Super Bowl, that won an NFC championship. And so I like this hire a lot. Uh, again, there's no history to look into what he's done. Uh, but I do, like I said, just think it's a good move. I think that the Panthers will benefit from this. And I think Dan Morgan will do a good job building out this roster, bringing the Panthers from the from the depths of hell up to where they can be with, I mean, a good quarterback. I really, again, do believe Bryce Young can turn this thing around. And so if I believe that, if I believe in the general managers, I'll go ahead and say, buy some Carolina Panthers. I know I've been saying buy Bryce Young, but maybe get some Miles Sanders. Maybe get some uh, Chuba Hubbard. Maybe go get a uh, Hayden Hurst. Is he still under contract? I don't care. Go get some. I think that the Panthers will definitely turn things around either this season or 2025, but not much longer until they're at least a 500 team. Another big coaching change that happened and has made me worried is Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons defensive coordinator, has joined the Jaguars to be their new defensive coordinator. Uh, this sucks. This sucks. Good for the Jaguars. Ryan Nielsen was a very good defensive coordinator 
for the Falcons, taking that defense that had a ton of holes in it, making them a top 15 defense. That's what it takes to be a good defensive coordinator. I mean, the guy lost Grady Jarrett. A.J. Terrell has clearly lost a step. And really the only guy worth a damn on that defense was Jesse Bates. And yet the Falcons defense was stingy all season long. He was up to last week, up until yesterday, the Falcons were talking about keeping him and making any head coach that comes in keep him as the defensive coordinator. They were even interviewing him as the potential to become their head coach. They liked him a lot in Atlanta. But unfortunately, unfortunately, Atlanta is currently making a terrible decision in bringing in Bill Belichick for these hires. And when I see the defensive coordinator that they had been talking up about keeping leave to go be a defensive coordinator somewhere else, that to me means Bill Belichick is imminent to the Atlanta Falcons. I, I think it is as good as done. If they're firing their defensive coordinator, uh, essentially, right? I mean, obviously not firing. He's going to, to pastures new. Uh, but if they're moving on from their defensive coordinator, letting him walk, I think that means they're bringing in a defensive coach. And what defensive coach have they been interviewing heavily? Bill Belichick. I know we've talked about it. I know we've talked about it a lot, but that's where we're at now. It really does seem almost set in stone at this point. So many dominoes are falling in that uh, in that range for it to make sense. Like that, that's just what's going to happen. Bill Belichick is going to Atlanta. If you listen to sports radio around here, again, I'm in Atlanta. That is all they're talking about. That is all hosts expect. That is like the only person they're really interviewing right now. I mean, they're bringing in Jim Harbaugh for another one, but it's seeming more and more likely he's going to the Chargers. They just only are talking about Bill Belichick right now. And normally with these things, you hear about other candidates or other situations and something else going on. But no, in this Falcons case, it has only really been Bill Belichick's name mentioned. And with now Ryan Nielsen leaving for Jacksonville again, Bill Belichick is imminent to the Atlanta Falcons. He will be their new head coach. Again, another coaching change around the league. The Bears. Oops, I didn't put the right logo. The Bears uh, are hiring Shane Waldron as the new offensive coordinator. And I will say this. I am definitely less excited about this hire than the previous three I mentioned. I do think Shane Waldron is probably a good or fine offensive coordinator, but his resume isn't as good as the others. And there's still lots of question marks around it, as well as the Bears in general, for me to be able to read too much into it. But the resume is this, the Seahawks offensive coordinator the last three seasons. So he helped Geno Smith get to the Pro Bowl, and he was also the offensive coordinator when Russell Wilson took a huge nosedive. And of course, he was also the offensive coordinator this season when the Seahawks were not that good on offense, finishing 17th in points for and 21st in yards for. The best they've done was ninth in points for, and that was in 2022 uh, when, uh, when Geno Smith made the Pro Bowl. But I don't necessarily think that was much of Shane Waldron. I think that was a lot of Pete Carroll. And I think that was just a lot of Geno Smith kind of getting the monkey off his back. Uh, I don't necessarily know if Shane Waldron is going to be a good fit for this Bears team. I know a lot of people are excited about it, but I don't know. He has no history working with a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields. I know you can say Russell Wilson is a little mobile, but before the Seahawks, he was a uh, offensive quality control on the Redskins. And then he worked with McVay on the Rams with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. 
So I just, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. So I can't get that excited about it. I do think with this hire, with him not having really no expertise with mobile quarterbacks, does kind of lead me to believe that they will be moving on from Justin Fields, as does, of course, them just bringing back the head coach, Matt Eberflus. As we know, Justin Fields has a bad relationship with the coaching staff, threw them under the bus earlier this season. So maybe the Bears front office is just betting on the coaches instead of their quarterback and looking to bring in Caleb Williams with that 101. As Shane Waldron could probably do something with Caleb Williams, that's a more similar quarterback, more, uh, I guess, than a Justin Fields, pure, basically a pure mobile quarterback. Uh, so that's kind of my thoughts on this. I think it could be fine. But I'm definitely not crazy excited about it. I don't think this is an earth-shattering move by any respect. And I would, I, I'm gonna make him prove himself a bit more than these others. But I like the Brian Callahan hire. I like the Dan Morgan hire. I'm jealous that the Jaguars took Ryan Nielsen from the Falcons. And then I'm oh, I'm like just lukewarm on the Shea Waldron hire. And I I think that's fair. I I see. Um yeah, uh let's see. We'll Let's move on to the last coaching hire, or not necessarily hire yet, but just the last coaching news, and that is the fact that Ron Rivera is interviewing today with the Eagles to be their new defensive coordinator. As we know, they've now moved on from both of their coordinators, and uh, Nick Sirianni will be meeting with the press tomorrow with an announcement, so it's possible that we're seeing an entire uh, uprooting almost of the coaching staff. But with the fact that they're just interviewing coordinator positions, it is probably leaning towards the possibility that Nick Sirianni has at least one more season and maybe a short leash with the Philadelphia Eagles. But either way, Ron Rivera is interviewing to be the defensive coordinator. And this I like. I don't think Ron Rivera is a good head coach. Let me take that back. I think he's a fine head coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. I don't think he's very good. I think he's fine. But he is a very good defensive coordinator. That's proven very good defensive coordinator. And so I do think that if he goes to Philadelphia to be their DC, that would work really, really well. And I think he would turn around this defense that uh, frankly should have performed much better than it did this season, especially at their end of year collapse. So I like this move, Ron Rivera potentially going to Philadelphia. And I think it makes sense for him. What are you going to do after losing your head coaching job and pretty much falling out of the graces of the league and not really being able to land a head coaching job again? You go to a contending team to be their coordinator. So he still gets to be in the limelight on one of the better teams in the league, but just in a smaller position. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You're still making uh, millions of dollars and you're still, you know, coaching. So good for him and probably good for the Eagles if they go through with it. So that is all the coaching updates I have for you guys. Now it's time to move on to some free agency news uh, and, and other stuff. First, we'll start with. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has signed with the Detroit Lions practice squad. Uh, not that big of a deal. I do think if this was something that happened in the middle of the season, I would get a little bit more excited about it. But given that it's going to be, you know, him having to learn this offense and then also the fact that Sam Laporta is a big part of it. I don't think Zach Ertz is going to have that big of a role. It is more so just some insurance for Laporta and an extra body in the red zone. That's not a bad thing. I do think Zach Ertz will help the Lions, and I wouldn't be surprised if he scored a touchdown. But 
I'm not going to go and expect Zach Ertz to ever eclipse even three receptions. I think he's going to be a guy that gets at most three targets in a game, given he hasn't been on the team long, but he's still a good athlete. And I do think he could make some noise in the red zone and potentially like third downs or something, you know, small stuff that's still important. And he still has some left in the tank. I mean, we saw it early in the season in Arizona before they released him. So uh, Zach Ertz, not a bad move by the Lions, but I don't think there's quite enough time for him to get truly acclimated in order to make a massive amount of noise, but should still be an okay move and help the Lions in a pinch if necessary. Another update we have for you guys is the New England Patriots. Gerard Mayo had an interview yesterday and he was asked about their free agency. They have a ton of money right now, $66 million projected going into 2024. That is one of the highest in the league. So what did he say about that? He said that we are ready to burn some cash. So the Patriots are looking to make some splash moves this free agency. And I love it because not only do they have a ton of money, but they also have that number three pick. And if you'll go back to last week's Wake and Take episode and quote from Gerard Mayo, he said, we're going to use that number three pick on a position that is very important. And so either they get a quarterback and use a ton of money to bring in some weapons with their free agency, or maybe they draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I know this is bad and I don't necessarily want to put it into the universe, but maybe they bring in a Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft and then bring in a quarterback in free agency Tons of possibilities here for the for the Patriots. And I love to hear that they are willing to go spend some money because that is something the Patriots have not done in Bill Belichick's history uh, outside of paying way too much money for uh, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. And so I love this. I love hearing this. And again, I know I said it last week, but I am really, really starting to get excited about the Patriots' future. I love this hire by Gerard Mayo, and I really do think he is going to bring a lot of positive changes to this organization. I have a very good gut feeling about this. It is, I feel it in my gut. I really really do love the hire and love hearing this kind of philosophy change going around in New England, burning some cash, picking a high draft pick on a good player. I mean, this is all things you want to hear about a rebuilding organization. And so don't be surprised. Do not be surprised if the Patriots are contending next season. Maybe not for a Super Bowl, but in the AFC East, potentially making the wild card, certainly within the realm of possibility. I think that this, with so much change going on, if they hit on a lot of what they say that they're going to do, I mean, it's only going to be good, guys. It will only be good. And so, again, I'm getting kind of excited about this Patriots team. It's probably worth, probably worth maybe go sending some offers for maybe not Ramondre. Well, probably, you know, probably Ramondre. But at the very least, maybe go try to get Tyquan Thornton for free, Demario Davis for free, Douglas for free, uh, any of those younger wide receivers that are still on the team. Why not? I mean, if they bring in a good quarterback, they can certainly be unlocked, especially Tyquan Thornton, Demario Douglas. I mean, a slot guy and a field stretcher with a good quarterback? Just saying. Just saying. The pieces are there in New England that you might want to go buy some while they're essentially free. I see a couple comments here. Let's see. Which free agent quarterback can you see going to the Patriots? I think most likely they draft someone, as Anthony says here in the chat. But, I mean, if Kirk Cousins becomes available, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, as well as, you know, Baker Mayfield could become available, which I don't know if that would be as good. But, I mean, he certainly turned over a leaf uh, in Tampa. And I'm sure there's other uh, examples that are kind of 
skipping my head right now. Maybe they just bring back Jimmy Garoppolo, you know? I mean, I doubt he wants to be in Vegas still. So I think that there's some options out there. Uh, and I, I am curious. I'm just going to ask this question because I haven't thought about it too much yet. But um, what do they do with Mac Jones? What do they do with Bailey Zappi? I mean, I feel like you don't need both of them. And they there might be a team out there willing to give like a third for Mac Jones. And I think that'd be worth it for both teams. So anyway, uh, Jamie says that they sold Demario Douglas for Kenneth Gainwell and Charlie Jones in a 32 team. I guess in a 32 team, I like getting this depth, but I might have held on to Demario Douglas. Again, Bill Belichick might not be the best drafter, but he is very good at finding late round wide receivers that end up making an impact. And I think I've said it a bazillion times. I don't see any scenario really where Demario Douglas can't be that next, you know, Bill Belichickian wide receiver that randomly becomes good. I mean, he's done great in the preseason, great, great in the regular season, uh, just a good wide receiver. And so I, I think I, I might have held on to him, but I also, again, in a 32 team league, getting that depth is pretty good. And I like buying Charlie Jones. I do think that uh, he could end up in a position next season on the Bengals, which would be good. Some other news we have for you guys is Mike Evans. Mike Evans has come out and said he desires and really wishes to remain in Tampa, which is something I kind of expected from him. And I expected from the Buccaneers, to be completely honest. I know a lot of people are expecting him to be traded, but I don't think that makes any sense. The Buccaneers just made the playoffs and Mike Evans has played with them his entire career with them having a franchise tag available. I think it's very possible that either Mike Evans gets franchise tag just so we could finish out like probably his last season in Tampa, or they use it on Baker Mayfield and can afford to bring in Mike Evans on a team-friendly contract. Either way, I don't think there's going to be many moving pieces in Tampa. I really don't. I haven't felt that way. In fact, two weeks ago, I wrote a franchise tag article and claimed Mike Evans would probably be franchise tagged. I just, I, I don't see him going to another team. I really don't. I think he wants to be there, as he just said himself, and I think Tampa wants him to be there. So don't, don't expect Mike Evans to move on, guys. I'm, I'm telling you now, He's going to be back in Tampa, whether it be team-friendly or the franchise tag. Mike Evans is a Buccaneer for life. And the last bit of news I have for you guys is really just a plea. Can you guys take it easy on Tyler Bass? I talked about it in yesterday's episode that I don't necessarily think it was his fault. And in fact, I blame Stephon Diggs. He should not have dropped that beautiful pass from Josh Allen. And there were a ton of other scenarios in that game where the Bills could have won it. I mean, don't, you know, do a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin, for God's sake. I mean... So many things went wrong for the Bills, and I just think it's unfair to blame it on Tyler Bass, especially with the trajectory of that ball. I mean, again, we talked about on yesterday's episode, the kick, the curve that that ball took, it looked like an act of God. Like, it literally looked like someone grabbed that ball and took it away away from the post. I mean, it was a great kick. It was on target. But unfortunately, a massive gust of wind came in at the last second and made him miss. But that is just not Tyler Bass's fault. And I feel really bad for him as he has come out or not come out as he can't, but he's deactivated all his social media accounts because people are giving him death threats and all this sorts of stuff. Guys, we've got to be better. We've got to be better. Any athlete, I don't care. They are doing a lot. They are trying their best. I know that they're paid millions of dollars to do one thing, right? I get it. But still, you can't, you can't do this, guys. They're human. They're people. Take it easy on Tyler Bass and take it easy on anyone who makes a mistake on your football team. You know, they're trying their best out there and they're human too. That's my plea. I'm sorry, Tyler, that you're going through this. But guys, that is all I have for you. I'll double check any more questions. Uh, anything going on on Instagram uh, does not look like it. So I think I answered all the questions during the show. 
Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was another fun episode of The Wake and Take, and I'm glad to spend my mornings with you guys. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Again, I will see you all tomorrow. Have a terrific Tuesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.